Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, and to God the things that are God's. When we go in search of a text to say why you should pay taxes, this is the one we call, come upon. Cannot find a text more clear than this one that says, whether you like it or not, when taxes are due, taxes are to be paid. Jesus himself is speaking the words, and he's answering a question that the Pharisees have pointed to him. Is it lawful to pay taxes or not? Yes. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's. We're used to this question and the answer recorded for us in Matthew, and we don't generally give much thought to it. We live in a country where, by and large, most people are pretty comfortable with most of the things our taxes are used to support. The idea of paying taxes to the government isn't one that gets us too worked up. We might not like paying taxes or think that taxes are too high or that they could be used more efficiently, but most of the time, if we're going to complain about taxes, the lack of desire to pay isn't based on a question of faithfulness or theological distinction. It's, it's a decision based on preference and desire. It's a transactional conversation where you're pondering, do I get my money's worth out of what I pay to be a citizen of this country? And thinking about taxes in that way is very different than the way the Jews were thinking about taxes at the time of Jesus. There's a reason why tax collectors are always lumped with prostitutes and the worst kind of sinners in our gospel readings. It's because of how the Jews feel about paying taxes to the Roman government. They saw themselves as being an occupied people, a territory of the Roman government, and they did not like being under Roman control. They didn't like that their taxes were not kept local but sent back to Rome to support a government that clearly rejected the God they confessed. And to make matters worse, the tax collectors, the ones tasked with going out and getting these funds, were encouraged to take advantage of their neighbor, to take advantage of the system by collecting more than was what was actually due because they were allowed to keep the extra for themselves. From the Jewish perspective, the whole tax system was corrupt and predatory, and people resented every part of the process. So even though taxes might not be our favorite bill to pay at any time of the year, we may indeed grumble when we pay, we do understand them differently than the Jews to whom Jesus is speaking. And so when we think about taxes, we think about them as an obligation we must fulfill. And if we find ourselves talking about taxes within the church, we do so as part of the fourth commandment of how honoring your father and your mother means that you should fear and love God so that you do not despise or anger your parents or other authorities, which includes the government, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. In other words, because we recognize that just as our parents are God's representatives here on earth and therefore deserving of our respect, 
so too are those who hold positions of authority in the government. They are representatives of God on earth, tasked with carrying out the work of justice and protecting our neighbors from our own sinful inclination to hurt and take advantage of them. Because this is their vocation, their God-given task and responsibility, we do have an honor, a duty, to honor them, pray for them, and support and encourage them, and even pay for them in the way that they demand. In the case of what we hear from Jesus today, this does mean we must pay taxes. Pay your share of the burden of what it costs for the government to do its work and function in our lives. And because this is part of the fourth commandment, paying your taxes means that you keep a commandment that also comes with a promise. The promise of the fourth commandment is this, it may go well with you and you will live long in the land. We don't normally remember that part of this commandment, but honoring our father and mother and other authorities means that things will go with us, go well with us, because if we consider what happens when we fail to keep this commandment, we see that things don't go well. This commandment comes with consequences when you fail to honor fathers and mothers. Fines can be levied, jail time can be threatened, and all of a sudden you go from owing simply your taxes to having to pay back a debt to the government for all that you did not pay the first time. So considering all of this, it would seem that Jesus' command to render to Caesar what is Caesar and God to what is God's simply boils down to do your obligation, do your duty, pay your taxes. And it's true, you should. But that really only deals with the first half of what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's. But what about the second half? What does he mean when he says we should render to God what is God's? Since this is a teaching about money and paying what you owe, perhaps this is a command to pay your tithe. You owe money to the government for the services they provide, so too you owe money to God and his church for the services he provides. That would seem to make sense, except you know that that is not how tithing and supporting the church works. God does not levy a tithe of 10% to be given to the church in, in order to receive his grace and mercy. He gives this to you, transforms you, and then says, this is your faithful response. In fact, God will continue to shower you with his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness, even if you don't tithe. God does not create the special office of church tithe collector who shows up at your home and says, you know, I saw the car you drive, and I looked at the house you have, and I've seen your trips on Facebook, and I don't think you're shelling over enough. The church doesn't work that way. We don't send somebody to send you to church jail for not giving a big enough tithe. In fact, tithing doesn't even fall under the fourth commandment like paying taxes. Tithing happens in response to the third commandment, an issue of the heart and remembering the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. So when we consider what is God talking about when he says here, render to God what is God's, Jesus can't be talking about the tithe. He must be talking about something else. 
find the answer to that question. We need to see how Jesus sets up the answer he gives. After the Pharisees ask if it's lawful to pay taxes or not, Jesus tells them to go get a coin that they would use to pay the tax and to look and see what is printed on it. It would be the same as me telling you, open your wallet and look at your money and tell me what you see on it. The Pharisees don't need to look any more than you would need to look. They already know what is there. It's a picture of Caesar. It has his likeness and his inscription. And so Jesus says, if it has Caesar's image and his words printed around his head, then give to Caesar what he demands you owe. But how does that answer the question of what is owed to God? Well, consider the time at which Jesus is giving this lesson. Jesus is teaching this to the Pharisees on Monday or Tuesday of Holy Week. Just a couple days sooner, he's arrived into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. He's cleansed the temple, and he's teaching everyone about what is going to come, what's going to happen on Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and finally Easter morning. He gives his response to the Pharisees in the context of knowing this is what is going to happen. Jesus knows that the Pharisees owe a debt to God. He knows that we owe a debt to God. For every sin that is committed, for every time you've disobeyed the authorities he placed in your life, spoken harshly to your parents, ignored the laws of the government, acted out of spiteful obedience instead of joyful duty when asked to do something by a person who has authority over you, each of those sins and every other sin you've committed has racked up a debt that can only be paid with a life. Because as St. Paul tells us, the wages of sin is death. The debt of our sin must be paid. And so Jesus here is giving us the answer of how it will be paid. Give to Caesar the thing that bears his likeness and the inscription of his words. Give him that, and your debt to the government will be paid. And so what are you to render to God? The thing that is God, the thing that is his likeness and is his word. And there's only one thing that meets that qualification. It's Jesus himself. Jesus knows what's going to happen as the week comes to an end. He knows that the Pharisees are going to send him to be crucified out of anger and fear and self-righteousness. But he also knows this. The debt of their sin, the debt of our sin, can only be paid with his life. His life is the only one that can pay what we owe to God. Because he is not just the likeness of God, but is God himself. He does not just carry the word of God, but is the word of God made flesh to dwell among us. He is the only payment that can be rendered to God to pay the debt that we owe. Because the debt of our sin cannot be erased with coin or card. It can only be erased with Christ's life on the cross. That's the payment that God accepts for your sin. 
And the receipt of that payment is found in Jesus' resurrection and the promise that you too will be raised from the dead. Unlike taxes that have to be paid over and over again, the payment that Christ makes is once and it is good for all eternity. The receipt of its effectiveness is given to you in the waters of baptism when the sign of his cross is placed upon your forehead and upon your heart, marking you as one redeemed, paid for by Christ the crucified. There's nothing you owe for your sin because Jesus has paid the debt in full. And even more than that, in your baptism, God has placed his likeness and his word on you, marking you as one who belongs to him. Not as one that will be demanded in sacrifice, but as one that belongs to his kingdom. Just as money is printed by a government and is backed by its promises that that government has made, it is accepted by that government who issued it. Your baptism is issued by God, backed by his promises, accepted by him as the sign that your debt is paid in full and you belong to him, that he has made you his own because you bear the sign of the, his son and have his words inscribed on your heart, marking you as one that belongs to him for eternity. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. For as long as you live, taxes will be owed. Even after you have died, taxes will be owed. A debt for your citizenship in this world will continue to be, need to be paid. But when we render to God what is God's, we have this given to us as a gift. The payment has already been made. The cost has been paid in full. Christ has redeemed it for you. So you can live in his kingdom forever. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.